the 2015 Spooky Flicks Fest, and this episode are dedicated to the memory of legendary filmmaker Wes Craven. In this episode of the 2015 Spooky Flicks Fest, Joel, Peter, and special guests Doug and Jesse remember the Midnight Hour from 1985. It's Halloween in Pitchford Cove when five high school friends unleash a centuries-old curse. The clock is ticking because, you see, if they don't reverse the curse before the clock strikes twelve, their sleepy little town will forever be lost in the Midnight Hour. So, sit back and prepare yourself for in-depth analysis, profound insights, Ridiculous tangents and spoilers galore. And if you've never seen The Midnight Hour, then beware, because here there be spoilers. You've been warned. Okay, so I am joined now by Doug, Jesse, and Peter, and we're going to be talking about the Midnight Hour. Now, I will get this out of the way right now. This is the first time I've seen this. Me but, too. Really? Okay. Really? For some reason, I thought you had said... You, what, Peter? You, you're kidding. No. Mm-hmm. Well, you're the one who, who, who provided it to me. <laughs> well, that's a long time ago. Oh, that's true. No, yeah, it's the first time I had a chance to really watch. I watched it when you first sent it. I watched maybe the first five to ten minutes. I was like, oh, yeah, this looks pretty cool. And then I never mm. you know, got back to it. So, but this... For the show, I wanted to make sure I, I sat down and, and watched it. And this these episodes for Spooky Flicks Fest are going to be less about the, you know, is it worth remembering or should we just forget it? It's not going to be that. Because obviously, for most of the people who are agreeing to be on for these movies, they like them. Okay, so we get that out of the way early. But it's going to be about just a little trip down memory lane. And, you know, I had a couple of questions, you know, to get the ball rolling. And, you know, you guys have stories or anecdotes that you want to share. We can we can go into all those. So, uh when was the first time, Doug, we'll start with you. When was the first time you can remember seeing this movie? Uh, my best guess uh, is that I saw it on uh, November 1st, 1985. Nice. When, okay. it, when it aired on ABC. Now, I forgot it over the years, and I was reminded of it when I read a book about Halloween specials. When I rewatched it a couple years ago, I said, yeah, I've seen this before. So I'm fairly certain I saw it when it originally aired, sadly, the day after Halloween, uh, much like The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I did watch it, that original airing. Okay. And Jesse, what about you? You, know, you, said, you already said it was your first time, right? Like, yeah, okay. I mean, I watched it so long ago. I think it was last night. <laughs> you know. Well, you know, it, when you're old like Peter and, and us – I'll, I'll 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 throw you a bone, Peter. You know it is. Last night was a long time. Thank ago. you. <laughs> no, I started to watch it after the uh, girls just want to have fun episode, and you know, five minutes into it, it looks good. So when okay. you asked me about it, yeah. 
Okay. Well, yeah. well, you you were so when I when I get, when I sent you the list and you were so going home like oh this must have been one of her childhood favorites like mm-hmm. girls just want to have fun okay and and so Peter how about you what was your uh, I can't be as precise as Doug did but I think it was the late eighties or something I saw it the first time okay okay so yeah it. it Aired in ABC, like you said, Doug. And what's cool is I found, and I'm gonna, it will have already played at the beginning of this episode. I found the actual little promo on YouTube for when they aired it. So, which is pretty neat to to have that at, at our disposal. So, um, what impact, Doug? Primarily, I guess Peter, maybe for you as well. But Doug, since you would have been, how old were you in '85? You were around what? Eleven. You were yeah, eleven. What, okay. What? Yeah, I would have been 11. Yep. Okay. So do you even remember enough about it from that time period to say what type of impact it had? Did it have any impact? Do you have any specific memories? Or th- or, or was this one of those where rewatching it, all this stuff is you know flying back at you like the end of The Sixth Sense? But prior to that, no, nothing. No, I, I only really have more vague feelings about it. Uh, some of the scenes I do think were deep in my psyche. Um when um, Sherry Belafonte turns and shows her fangs at uh, D.D. Pfeiffer, I, I, that seems to be pretty deeply. But uh, if, if anything, what this movie contributed uh, to me is um, the desire for a very short-term romance. Uh, I seem to be the kind of guy who likes to love him and leave him. Uh, I, I want a woman to love me and then go away, just as uh, Sandy does here in the film. So uh, I think I probably picked that up from this when I was 11 years old, that the, the ideal girl pops in for a night, falls in love with you fast, and then vanishes. And then, and then goes back to the other, the other side. Is back to the other side where there's no paternity, no uh, spouse <laughs> I, I love you for your honesty, Doug. And, <laughs> and, and yeah, and honestly, uh, Sandy was my personal favorite as well. Um, not to be creepy or anything. Uh, sure. But, uh, yeah, it, I, 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 it's, it's, it's actually, it's borderline necrophiliac. I, I actually turned to my wife at one point and said, so other than the necrophilia angle, this is really sweet. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for you, Peter, since you said you, th- you saw it around the late 80s, obviously you were older than 11 at that point. So do you... Did it have an? Did it make an impression on you, or, or were you like Doug in that years later you found it and it's like, oh yeah, I remember this thing. I think it's it's all I had it on. I had it on VHS, so I, I, it had enough of an impact so, that I saw it uh, not a million times, but close to it. Okay. So rewatching it now, Doug. Mm-hmm. Did or, or I guess you probably why you is this one of those that you revisit every year? Uh, pretty much. This okay. is pretty much an annual Halloween viewing. This is on my, you know, Halloween specials list. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I, I could, I could see that for Who's sure. Panting? Who's panting? Uh, that's, that's mm. me. <laughs> I can do it as I talk. It's an amazing, amazing skill. So, uh, yeah. And so do you find that rewatching it? See, I, I don't even know how to couch this question because the question was going to be, how do you feel rewatching it this time? And obviously, watching it every year, your, uh, I would assume, your view of it is probably not going... Like, if you just come at this for the first time since you were a kid, you're going to have a different reaction to it. Then. And yes. I don't know if you recall the first time you rewatched it as an adult. But if you do, what was that like? And if not, what do you feel... Like, rewatching it now as an adult, do you feel like you still enjoy it? Or is this just a movie that just feels... Has such a Halloween feel for you that that's why you really enjoy doing it? Uh, well, I, I think I do remember that as a kid, I I loved it. Um, If that's not a correct memory, it it still is a truth. I, there's no doubt 
that an 11 year old me would have loved this, mm-hmm. would have had no problem with uh, with the storyline whatsoever, would have bought it hook, line and sinker and went to school the next day uh, just uh, sharing his experience with all his friends. So uh, I'm, I'm fairly confident I loved it as a kid. I still love it today, but in a much different way. I see the story problems with it. Um, uh, basically, today I think it's a terrible movie with a wonderful heart. There, there's a there's a great core to this movie, uh, an earnestness, an enthusiasm that you just can't help but smile and and feel happy about. But. Uh, an adult me can see some of the script problems that we have here. Okay. So sort of like girls (laughs) just want to have fun if we're going to use an analogy. Yes. Okay. Uh, So Jesse, bringing bringing it right back around. Uh So so for you being, it was your first time viewing it. What was your, your take on it? Like, actually this may in fact turn into a review show, which uh, wasn't my original intention, but let's go with it. So what was your take on it since this is the first time you saw it? And obviously you're Uh no longer um, 10 years old. Although I could not explain the plot or curse, if you asked me to, I, I don't really know. I just went with it. Really? That really that confused you? <laughs> or maybe I just didn't pay attention when What's-His-Name was given his little presentation okay. on Halloween okay. well, to yeah, his classmates. Yeah, well, I guess no, nobody was, first off, apparently. That's what they told him. And, and I think that I don't even know. I mean, he mentioned that there was a curse put on this town by the... The witch lady, Sherry Belafonte's great, 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 great grandmother, whatever. However, that really goes completely. It's almost irrelevant to the fact of you could go down the road of why would you take all of the artifacts and take them to the cemetery? And that's where you decide to read it. Blah, 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 blah. But that aside. Um, well, I wanted to watch it just because it looked, you know, a little Bride of Boogity-ish. Yeah, it had that vibe. So... I'm on board. If it's similar, count me in. If it's similar to the Bride of the Boogity. So did you, I mean, Mm -hmm. did you enjoy it then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a fun movie. Okay. What did you like Mm -hmm. about it? Um, has a good, you know, uh, dance scene at a party. Sure. Check that off the list. Good costumes. Yeah. I don't know what was going on. Are people witches or vampires or zombies? I think they're all of the above. D. I, I couldn't quite keep that straight, what we were going for. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm ready for all of it. Bring it on. Okay, okay. Halloween. So, so, so uh, Peter, for you, what did you find enjoyable about the movie? Well, all of it, basically, since I watched it. It's, it's, it's probably been two years since I last watched it, but I basically enjoy it. And I uh, like Doug. I see all the problems and the blood points that are missing, and it's far from a perfect movie. But there's it, it hits all the right notes. It's just a perfect Halloween movie. Yes. And uh, the only thing I don't really, really like in it is that cringeworthy dance and song scene. What? Yes. No. You, you wait. No, wait. You mean Mrs. Mrs. Wait, Mrs. Belafonte's number? You yes. Didn't? Really. Yeah, it, it's always been, uh, you know, it's kind of like, why? But apart from that. <laughs> so what what was it precisely you didn't like about that? I don't know. It's just, it, I, I just don't. It's it's okay. It's just, I don't know. It, I don't, it, it, it doesn't seem to fit in the movie. I don't know. What, I can't explain it. I just, it's just, it's, it's off. Well, the, I, I can explain it. 
Go ahead, Doug. I want to hear Doug's explanation. Please, Doug. Yeah. Explain they, it. <laughs> they look into the camera. They are clearly yes, they yes, performing yes. for our benefit. Sure. They're breaking yeah. the fourth wall. Yeah, they're breaking the fourth wall. It's all of a sudden in the middle of this um, movie that 11-year-old Doug would have completely bought this, you know, mm-hmm. race to end the curse before midnight. We have this dance scene uh, when they should be out infecting the rest of the townspeople, uh, creating mass havoc, stopping uh, Phil from from putting it into the curse. They stop have. And I always hate coordinated dance scenes. How did they learn that dance? How was that communicated uh, so quickly? But, you know, that I can give them a pass. But at the end, when they go to the top of the stairs and they are they are walking down and clearly looking at us that's clearly been staged for our benefit that is the one moment of this movie that i despise although i can tell you right now i can tell you right now where they learned it they all sat okay. they all sat around their uh, little zenith tv and rewatched the thriller video multiple yes. times yeah <laughs> and yes. that's how they all learned it yeah but in in that one it works <laughs> yeah the two be fair now i almost feel like that would have been a good moment to have at the end credits. Yes. The, the movie proper yes. is over. Yes. And this is something you have just as a, a throwaway little thing that maybe the end credits roll over top of as they're doing it. I well, think- it would have been good for the end credits so you would know what happened to everyone else in the town. <laughs> Because I don't really know. I think they all got infected, and then in the end, they all came back. Though, if you really want to read this movie, and now I will say that obviously, if you've been listening to this point, we're spoiling it to. I guess actually, we've been pretty good, relatively speaking, with major plot points thus far. We haven't been too spoilery, uh, Doug. I realize I know I know you're one who hates spoilers. <laughs> uh, so I, I I will say though, if you're listening, and you know, go watch it. It's a fun movie, so you know we don't want to spoil it. Spoil it. However, I will say this: pretty much, if you've seen any '80s horror type movies with a yeah. supernatural bent, you've seen a lot of the stuff in this movie. So we're not going to give too yes. much away. <laughs> that being said, the um, and I was going somewhere specific with my thought related to the oh, where people went. I was going to say you could read the ending of this movie almost in a disturbing way because they don't actually show you right jesse they don't actually show you anybody no who survived i mean he is he's in his car everybody goes away who she so curses were lifted but but you never see a a a a sort of resolution moment there's no uh, denouement there's no moment of okay now it's the next morning and he's driving back into town up oh, there's there's a, a you know sheriff red from that 70s show you know calling you know <laughs> yelling at everybody and there's there's the little bite you know, kid the newspaper kid the the paper boy you know none of that it's just he goes out of the graveyard fade to black maybe he's all alone he's the only one left in town now i kind of like that ending What's yeah i never thought about it that way <laughs> But uh, but that's a distinct possibility. I I assume that once the curse was lifted, everything went back to the way it was before. Sure. And I know we've seen that in other movies, and I can't pick out right now what other movie that is mm-hmm. that that they say. You know, if we just do this, everything goes back, and the dead are you know, if if our friends have died, they're back, and etc. But I know we've seen other movies like that. I assume that was the way it was here. But you're right; we never see anybody else, yeah. and it could I be actually- that. Yeah, it could be that Phil is the only survivor of Pitchford. <laughs> yeah, I actually thought about it this time around watching it. I thought we never really get to anyone. Well, the only the only person we actually hear is uh, Wolfman Jack. Sure, but he's yes. uh, other than so, and was that him? By the way, was that a cameo with him 
and yes. he's coming out of the store. Okay. Or whatever he was. He was like, I guess some kind of shopkeeper or something. Or was a was he was he outside the barbershop? It was when the kid was riding through the town. I could have sworn that was him. Like physically him, not just his voice. I know no, no, a, no, no, I don't think so. It, just, really? it looks like him, but I don't There's think it's him. There was a big no, dude that looked that. like him. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's him, though. Okay. I think it's only just his voice. So okay. it might be at the end of the movie, Phil and Wolfman Jack. Okay. <laughs> which is kind of cool. Now, I did have some uh, questions. Do we all agree that what every just all American Bedford Falls sort of town needs is its very own? witchcraft museum yes <laughs> yeah, yeah. because because when the kids roll up on the witchcraft museum you know just hey it's just a thing we've got here in our town <laughs> it's, it's, you know i would think a lot of towns i'm just gonna throw it out there you know in this sort of more disturbing darker period of their history they may not want to have a huge shrine to it now i realize every town is different <laughs> but i'm just and it, was it supposed to be in massachusetts uh, yes, yeah, uh, somewhere in New England. I think that yeah. uh, LeVar Burton, you know, establishes that he's moved okay. from New York yes. to New England. So and, well, I could have sworn that either Dee Dee Pfeiffer or somebody, when she comes into the party, somebody makes a comment about Mass- something about wearing something in Massachusetts. I could have sworn they said Massachusetts, which, of course, then you've got a Salem reference, right? Right. So I, I don't know. I, I just thought I just thought it was very interesting to have the the big witchcraft museum and probably a bigger issue one could you know make if one was being a jerk uh <laughs> that it isn't just that they decide to hey let's do this fun little prank thing for halloween uh, you know okay let me just throw it this way for people who haven't seen it and don't care and aren't worried about spoilers the kids go into this witchcraft museum to procure various costumes that are not just recreations of the costumes worn by great-great-grandparents from hundreds of years ago during this whole witch phase of the town, but the actual, theoretically, I would assume to some degree, priceless and irreplaceable mm-hmm. attire of these figures. And they go in and they, they take that and they go downstairs and they just randomly pull stuff. Uh, if everybody here has seen uh, Cabin in the Woods, it reminded me of like when they go in the basement of Cabin in the Woods and they're just sort of yes. grabbing stuff <laughs> It's, which I'm assuming is what Cabin in the Woods was making fun of at that point. So, um, you know, just this other – they're not just – they're not just funning. You know what I mean? They're pretty much con- committing a pretty decent felony, I'm thinking, because later on, Kevin McCarthy, who appears in the film – and I actually want to go through a few of the more well-known people in the movie in a minute. But he plays uh, uh, Peter DeLuise uh, from 21 Jump Street, plays his father. Uh, he's a judge. And he's given his son what for – in somewhat of a drunken rage about stealing the stuff. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's not just that, again, it's not just that they, oh, we played a prank on our teacher and we, you know, stole her wig. I mean, they, they did something extraordinarily bad. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So am I, am I, not only, not only that, he's assuming that if the, if they get caught, his dad will get him off. Yeah, I guess I mean, that's true. To be fair, he is assuming that, which his dad tells him, no, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So did – now, Sherry Belafonte, which I, was her last name, Sherry Belafonte – she had a hyphen. Was it Sherry Belafonte Harper? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. So I'm assuming was she married at this point? I'm not sure. I've heard the story of the hyphen at some point in time in the 80s, I think, and have long forgotten it. Uh, okay. I was just surprised to see her with hair. Usually she's uh, – Yeah, very close. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very close cropped typically. Um, so did she break the jar on purpose? 
in when they're in the basement of the museum, she grabs there's a jar and she drops it. And they hold on it. it. To me, it was it was meant to be something we're supposed to remember. So I was thinking it was going to pay off later. I thought we were going to have that was going to be something that helped start in motion the curse. Because they way if you go and watch it, the way she almost like she takes it and intentionally drops it. Now, again, maybe misreading it. Maybe that was bad editing. I don't know. <laughs> but did anybody else take that, or was did you guys just assume she just knocked and was being clumsy? Yeah, I thought she was surprised. I know what you're talking about. I thought uh, Vinny had, you know, come up behind her and grabbed her and she dropped it. And it, I don't know what was in the jar. It looked like a piece of coral to me or cotton or something. Yeah. But um, Almost like a, yeah. a dried out flower, too. Like almost like it could be like, yeah. you know what I mean? Something like that. Something floral. But it, it didn't look intentional. I, I don't think they're really bad kids. I, I think perhaps at this part in the film, they're just simply slaves to the script sure. because they don't seem to hear an, an idea that sounds bad to them. I mean, let's go steal these costumes. Okay, let's take them to the graveyard. Okay, let's <laughs> recite this ancient curse. Okay, I mean, they yeah. nothing sounds bad to Melissa and Vinny. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's bad judgment, maybe. But, yes. uh, they're they're kind of, they're. they're they're kids. Those wacky. I mean, get, well, they're kids yeah, who I mean, look like they're probably should be doing on their their postgraduate work yes. uh, well, <laughs> at MIT. Yeah, well, like, like, but <laughs> yeah, like any any other TV show or stuff like that. <clears throat> <clears throat> yes, I always find it fascinating when when the quote unquote teenagers. Then mm-hmm. even now, as an almost forty year old man, I watch it and I'm like, God, they look old to me. Like as an adult, they look old to me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. Now, as far as the stars of this movie. We'll go behind the camera in a second. Uh, another, and I'm assuming hence, hence the reason why after girls just want to have fun, you felt the urge, Jesse, to mm-hmm. run and watch this movie is because it stars Mr. Lee Montgomery. Yeah, I was checking out the Imdaba. The Imdaba, yes. I'm up for any sort of Halloween special, so I need the name of that book, that Halloween specials book. Doug? Oh, uh, the... Uh... Jack Ass Guide to Halloween Specials. I so it was, written, it was written for me. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, read up on I mean, that. or as I mentioned for you, uh, Joel, the Nathan Tolu's book. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, Pumpkin, yeah. Pumpkin Cinema. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. T- Doug, have you heard of that one? I, I have not. Pumpkin Cinema? Yeah, it showed up yeah. on my Amazon. I was uh, Peter and I were talking about it a uh, couple weeks ago. I, I will definitely be looking that yeah. one up because I, I also, you know, am a collector of these things. I'm, I'm trying to find the exact book here so I can give Jesse the exact title, but uh, it's in my uh, extensive well, <laughs> digital library. While, here, you're, so. while, you're, while you're looking that up, the just in a complete and I know this is rare for Forgotten Flicks guys, but quick tangent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of, of weird collections, is it weird that in the last year or two, I've gotten obsessed with trying to find horror novelizations now not novels for those folks that don't know what a novelization is which i imagine most people listen to the show know what that is but it is essentially the book written based on the screenplay of the movie and i can remember being maybe uh see when did part three of friday 13th come out 82 i probably was around 10 or 11 because i remember getting it i found it in some you know drugstore like a walgreens you know see whatever you have in your area that you know those kind of corner drugstores you have and i remember with, i was with my dad and they had a novelization for friday 13th part three and i read it cover to cover thought it was the greatest thing ever and it was before i think i'd even seen the movie so 
and, and there, over the years, I found I got like the thing and uh, Alien and, and you know Terminator Two when it came out. So, but I got rid of all of them over the years. Which the thing I really wish I hadn't because I actually think that's worth a little scratch. But that <laughs> that aside, I found that I, I love going on Amazon or eBay and trying to find these things. Does anybody else have any bizarre? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing that too. I've, I've got Halloween and uh, Halloween Two, which. Uh, are significantly different from the films. Yes, that's and, what the uh, other part is. I've heard a lot of them can be very different from the end result. I, I've also got Jaws 4, which I'm sure you will uh, – Jaws the Revenge. I'm sure you will appreciate that one. <laughs> I, I would, and and truthfully, as much as I loathe that movie and everything it represents in the universe, I will <laughs> I will say I – I, but here's the thing. I can appreciate why you don't feel that way. That's the key. But yes. I would still want the novelization of it. I think it had Dawn of the Dead, the novelization of that one. Halloween 4, because I always felt like Halloween 1 and 4 felt the most, and even Halloween 3 to a large degree, but Halloween 4, especially that opening, it feels so, it's, I'm totally, it's not a word, but Halloween-y. You know, it feels, you know, it feels. Of course, halloween is a word. Oh, sure. Come on. We'll go with that. Uh, or or as, as, as Doug would say, autumnal. Like, it has that feel. Yes. You know, it does. It just, everything is very dead and dried out and just that opening credit scene. I love that. And so, yeah. Halloween 4. It's, it's Halloweeny. It is. It's definitely, it is definitely yeah. Halloweeny. And Halloween four, though that one, the novelization for that, and I think all of the early Halloween films, those are not cheap to get them. You know, they're they're like twenty plus bucks a pop, which you know for an old paperback is not cheap. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, but I've been finding that lately. I've been very intrigued with trying to try. Right. I think I, I think I have some kind of wonderful too. Now that I think oh, of it, that's cool. I only have one. Which one? Encino Man. <laughs> I, I love. Sorry. No, that's awesome. Cool. I love the one you have is a Poly Shore vehicle. That is fantastic. Yeah, I, I was going to ask. I was going to ask how the weasel translated to the printed page. <laughs> I'll have to go find it tonight. The weasel. Oh my lord! But that, that book is called "Smart Alex Guide to Halloween Specials." I love. It, it. Yeah, it has a so, donkey so on the cover, so, which is uh, why I, I got the original title. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, he's, he says every Halloween special uh, either ends with the old lady that we thought we w- was a witch turning out to be a really nice lady, or it ends with a disco dance party. And this one it, it doesn't end that way, but at least has the dance party in it. This is true. This is true. So, did you did you notice how much this movie is? If you look it up on Amazon, I've heard it. I didn't look it up, but I I came across some in the message boards on Am- on uh, IMDb. Mm-hmm. They, they, there were people that I think it was on IMDb where people were just griping about, and I didn't have a chance to go back and check. But they were, I, I can't believe how expensive it was. I saw yeah, it today. Yeah. I think it was two hundred and sixteen dollars. Yeah, for v- v- is it v- uh, is it VHS or DVD? No, that's DVD. VHS is probably like twenty five to fifty. That's amazing. It's expensive as hell. Do you know how mad it, 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 it's out of print? So that's uh, that's why. All right. So Lee Montgomery, <laughs> bring it a full circle. Not really. Lee Montgomery plays a Phil Greenville or Grenville. I don't know how you Grenville. Grenville. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. Grendel. And he, of course, as we said, was in Girls Just Want to Have Fun. I actually liked him a lot better in this movie. Huh. Okay. I don't know why. I just I found him his acting like everything about him. I found more appealing. Uh, what was his costume exactly? I know. What, I what was that? <laughs> it was itchy. disco vampire. Was it? Yeah. Was it a disco vampire with yeah. a rash? Yeah. With a rash. Yeah, with a rash. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, I, I love that the uh, the girl, the cheerleader, when she sees Sandy, when she, which of course, and of yeah. course, by the way, of course, the cheerleader had to be Sandy. 
yes, Sandy. And so she she sees him and she's in. She looks at him. And she, even she was confused. Um, mm-hmm. And and, uh, and she was played by uh, Jonna or Jonah. But she looks like a Jonna, J-O-N-N-A, Lee. And she was the love interest for Mr. Montgomery. Now, what was interesting is I didn't anybody look her up at all. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Good. I wasn't. I wasn't the only creepy one. So. <laughs> so uh, she actually it looks like she got out of the industry. Back in late eighties, early nineties, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. yeah. Wikipedia says she married one of her childhood sweethearts. Uh, I guess she had several, okay. and then now she's an artist or sculptor. Okay. Well, yeah. I, and I actually found uh, somebody on in the message board had put that her you know she was an artist and she had a she has she had a web page with her art on it or she mentions her art on it and kind of briefly says oh yeah we worked in the movie industry a little bit and blah 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 i was like oh well cool good for you i think it's i i love the idea of somebody reinventing themselves so i think it's cool that she found she even said in her little bio that she had that she uh, ultimately felt like she was dreaming about art the art she wanted to pursue i don't i'm trying to think i think it was painting that she would think about that even while she was on an acting gig like it just became all consuming for her so she put herself through art school and you know started a business and i think that's awesome good for her so yeah uh, other people we mentioned sherry belafonte who dear lord i'm a almost 40 year old man okay i gotta imagine she weighs you know a buck 20 soaking wet all right but when she does that thing with her eyes and those teeth am I, yes. that was creepy yes yeah mm-hmm. and i'm gonna get into this doug thank you thank yeah. you you know what i'm thanking you for right yeah you, you can see why that lodged oh, in my mind man so i sent doug a message because i i was thinking myself okay this is a mid-80s family quote i'm using air quotes family friendly Oh, quote unquote horror movie, right? Yeah. This is a movie mm-hmm. that you know the kids would be fine with. So I'm thinking now, not really my five year old, because we watched Brave the other day, and he like came into my room screaming and crying about mommy turning into a bear. Oh, but spoiler alert for Brave: mommy turning into a bear. Uh, and, so, uh, and so ultimately, uh, I was thinking, no, probably not going to be good for him. But then I was like, man, that seven year old—it's on the fence. Like some things he's totally cool with, some things, yeah. So, but definitely my. Almost nine-year-old. He has – we watched Jurassic Park recently together. He has got a much better threshold for things that are scary. So I'm thinking, okay. So I, But I, I said, you know what? Doug has seen this movie a lot. I'm going to ask him. I was like, Doug, hey, you know, you think it's age-appropriate? And he says this best – well, yeah, it's uh, – he goes, well, there's this one vampire texting that probably would be tame to you and me, but a kid might – and then there was a couple other things you mentioned. And I'm watching – I knew when the scene happened, I'm like – Tame to me. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! First off, like the symbolism in the scene of just this yes. red. I mean, it's it's actually a really cool scene in general. Just the red wine squirting like this arterial spray. <laughs> the ten minute slow mo. I set know. To the Smith. I, I was yes. awesome. It's got myths in the background. Oh, yep. An interesting yeah. side note to that. Anybody notice they did that a couple times and never let they never played the words. Yeah, they only do yeah. the, the, the the guitar part. That's all they. That's all they played. But they would never ever sign. And then they, it was like in a loop. So every time it would be right when he would be, "I am the sun," it would just 
it would never hit that. You're doing a great job. Oh, thank you. I'm, uh, I'm I want to hear the guitar part again. <laughs> oh, 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 the uh, the uh, the uh, uh, ding I can't. No, now you see now I'm self conscious. I can't do it. Thanks, Jesse. No, it was more like a cat. Uh, oh yeah, the meow. All right. So, yeah, so there's this whole thing where Sherry Belafonte, her great-great-great-great-grandmother, I love how blasé she is about it, was this, which, which, by the way, did it, no pun intended, which, by the way, she, nobody seemed to acknowledge that she, in fact, was a witch. Like, it was, meaning, meaning what I mean by that is she, the great-great-great-great-grandmother was an actual witch who supposedly put an actual curse, and nobody thought that to be a weird thing like it wasn't like you know the legend or the myth or you know i mean nobody played it up like oh it's just this story did they or did i miss that because i don't thought everybody sort of just accepted it as just this gospel truth of the town <laughs> that this mm-hmm. woman had in fact set this curse in motion yeah and yet accepted her ancestors with no problem yeah, yeah, exactly, uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. they're all like hey, <laughs> you you tried to kill us all but that was generations ago. Oh, Welcome to the family. Oh, you. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now. Yeah, I'll tell you right, right now that I thought that through this whole movie, I kept thinking that the twist was going to be that the substitute teacher, which was that Cindy Morgan? That was Cindy Morgan. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that she and the Cherry Belafonte character were going to be in cahoots in some way. Like the, that it was – that's hence my thought that she broke the jar on purpose. I thought that maybe they were doing something subversive and trying to set this whole thing in motion. You know what I'm saying? So that was their motivation and thus this curse would come back and her great-great-grandmother's name would be avenged because her whole family had been mistreated. I don't know. I'm making it up as I go along. But I'm just saying I thought it was going to be <laughs> along those lines, which I was completely wrong. Uh, but – Speaking of Cindy Morgan, does anybody recognize her from anything? Because there's only one thing that she jumps out at me as being in, and I don't think it's what she's probably most well-known for. Mm-mm. Oh, hang on. Uh... She was in an 80s uh, anthology's Amazing Stories episode called Hell to Pay. Oh, okay. I actually remember you covering that one. Okay. Yeah. Wait, wait, which she one? was in Caddyshack. Okay. She was in Tron. Yes. That wasn't what I thought I knew her from. Okay. Yeah, I know. Weird. Uh, <laughs> now I'm trying. To, now now I'm trying to. Uh, you know. You know what's funny is, I, I actually realize I'm completely and utterly wrong. She isn't the person I thought she was. <laughs> There's a movie that came out called wow. called uh, Cherry Falls, and it came. It was with um, Brittany Murphy, mm-hmm. and it was right at, right after Scream. So it was during that whole cycle where we're getting all the somewhat self-referential slasher films and it was a bit different because as i recall it came out 2000 it was different i'm trying to remember who the heck played her mom in that though oh candy clark i don't know what they're both, yeah. they're both blonde what do you want uh <laughs> so yeah so it, yeah it, it well in the small town of cherry falls a psychotic murder is killing off the virgins of the local high school so that was the twist that rather than uh, doing the usual okay i'm only going to kill the kids that are being promiscuous he purposely set out to kill uh the virgin so um and i remember being a, a little effective little horror flick but for some reason, I thought that was Cindy Morgan, and I was completely wrong, so uh, I digress. Uh, Tron, that, then, that's what I know her from. Yes. <laughs> um, and then, of course, we had, uh, we said, Cherry Belafonte. Uh, I would be beyond remiss if I didn't mention that playing her boyfriend, Vinny, because he totally seems like a Vinny, 
Lavar, uh-huh. Lavar, Reading Rainbow, Burton, and of course this is sort of the because Reading Rainbow started in '83, so this would have been that was underway. It's a couple years before Next Generation, and he's so Lavar Burton, and I love him. Let's get this straight, right? Now. I love the dude. Yeah, but yep. he's got this delivery way. Like every time he would be in a scene, I just expected him to just i don't know turn to the camera <laughs> and, and 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 to be fair to be fair i've been actually watching that on netflix with my kids lately i've been forcing them I'm like we're watching reading rambo so uh, i don't know anybody else <laughs> have that reaction find it jarring i thought he was the nicest guy to ever come out of new york i mean oh, i know that's what it, you know what yeah, it is? He, oo- yeah. he oozes niceness yeah he really does, like in a good way. Like, I don't mean he's annoying about it. He's just sure. he's super. He seems like he'd be the coolest guy, just nice guy, like legitimately. And yeah. if I find out that he's not, and that there's all these like just twisted things about, I would I don't want to know. Uh, but <laughs> on paper, the dude seems wonderful. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, so yeah, him is the uh, somewhat amorous. Though I mean, I give him credit; they didn't overplay that. But the somewhat amorous boyfriend, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I almost would have I, I I don't know. I I could almost see him being more in the Phil role mm-hmm. with his personality than in the Vinny role. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, I don't know. He's kind of he's kind of laid back. I mean, he's kind of like you got a costume? Eh, eh. I work best under pressure and he walks around <laughs> the kitchen with the with the ketchup and the egg and <laughs> My wife looked up uh, while I'm watching this. She looked up. She goes, "What is he doing?" It's right when he's sticking the egg and smearing an egg across his chest. I was like, "I, it's uh, trying to make it dirty." I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. No, it's a it's a laid back character. He's kind of sexually um, uh, not getting as much as he would have wanted. Yeah, and I felt yeah. like they. Put... I think he's kind of high strung. Maybe he's not as laid back as I think. He's kind of high strung, but hiding it. He's suppressing it. He's uh Yes. Okay. Well, along with with LeVar Burton, a guy who I felt was actually pretty accurately cast just from, you know, his per- like he just I think fits the part is uh, Peter DeLuise as mm-hmm. as son of Dom. Son of uh, Is he the son? I thought he was the nephew. Is he actually the son? No, he's Dom DeLuise's son. Okay. It's funny he doesn't really look <laughs> like, like a DeLuise. He just doesn't. He doesn't look like his dad to me. Isn't there another DeLuise though? Isn't there another I- I think yeah, so. It was in uh, Wayne's World. He was one of the the rockers that follow uh, Wayne and Garth around. I think you're right. That sounds yeah. that sounds right. Yeah. So yeah, I I I don't know. Um, it sh- it shows uh, on his IMDb page. It does. Oh, okay. David and Michael. Was it maybe Michael? Was he maybe the one that was in? I think that sounds right. Yeah. But see, to me, like if you look okay. at Mike Michael Delawise, he looks not that much like. Dom. I mean, um, either. He doesn't look anything like Dom DeLuise. He doesn't look like uh, uh, Peter to me. And Peter was the one that was on 21 Jump Street, right? Right. Yep. yep. Okay. Yes. And Sequest uh, DSV. Ah. Yes. Yes. Hey, don't knock Sequest. I think it nope, was their nope, la- nope. the way, they, because their last season, they filmed in Orlando because we, <laughs> we were going to be Hollywood East. <laughs> we we got we got Sequest DSV. Wait for it, kids. Sequest DSV, the Swamp Thing TV show. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. uh, Thunder in Paradise, the Hulk Hogan, uh, yes, uh, Chris, <laughs> Chris Lemon vehicle, and the oh, oh Superboy. I think Superboy was Superboy filmed here, part of Superboy. So yeah, we we had the high end early nineties. 
the A, the A game. Yeah, we had the the high the the early '90s syndicated TV programming all over the place. So, so yeah, so we had Peter DeLuise as sort of the jock, not real bright friend. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think you nailed it there. Okay. Yep. Uh, and, and then we have uh, Dee Dee Pfeiffer. Yes. Sister, Sister of. Uh, yeah. Of who? Michelle. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, with, with, yeah, you know what? It's funny. She's she's pretty. I mean, I'm not going to say she's not pretty. She's pretty. But I, I personally, I don't know. I guess I would have been more of a Sandy guy. I don't know why. Well, yeah. I don't know why. Uh, it's, it's six no. one half a dozen the oh, other okay. to me. Je- I... At this point, Jesse's like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> 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 she, she has heard us before, so she knows. Yes, Jesse's like, I don't care. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, but I mean, no, and, and obviously, she is essentially or ostensibly, whatever, the love interest of or the wannabe love interest of Lee Montgomery's character. Uh, early yeah. on, it's a, it's a, it's one of those unrequited things where he every time he tries to talk to her, she is his friend, but he just really kind of blows him off and ignores him and doesn't really talk to him. And then he subsequently meets Sandy and. Things yep. kind of change. Yep. Sandy's but, better. Yes. But she's a better girl for him, you know, if she wasn't dead and all. Yeah. Well, there for is For the that. night. Yeah, well, yes. for the night. For the night. Now, yes. I, she I, looks good for her age. <laughs> oh, Sandy? <laughs> yeah. Sandy? Uh, yes. She, I figured out she was born the year before my father. So she was, well, she was 17 when she died. We never find out why she died. Oh, by the way, spoiler alert. Sandy's dead the whole time. Uh, I did like, though, I will say, in this movie's favor, I liked that she very early on figured it out on her own. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you didn't have this whole moment of, what do you mean? I'm like, where he figures it out, she doesn't get it, and he has, well, how do I break it to her? There was none of that stuff. She pretty much was like, yeah, things are different. Something weird's going on. Halloween. Oh, yeah, this happened before. And so should we assume that she died in the original? I guess I got the impression like maybe the curse happened when she was a kid. There was some variation of the curse, right? Oh, I didn't think about that. Because how else would she have known what to do? Yeah, I don't. Since it's a great, 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 great. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that that curse, yes. But I'm talking about didn't you guys think based on the things she was telling him? Because she knew what to, how to finish the curse off? Like she said, and she made a comment. I mean, I mean has she done it before? That's what I'm saying. Like yeah, like when she was a kid. Like I always got the impression, like maybe it's how she died initially. Huh. I just yeah, figured, yeah. you know, since she was had been on the other side, she just knew. You know, she she just acquired that knowledge. Same as uh, is it Gage in Pet Cemetery uh, in the book? When, yeah, that's true. When he, he yeah, when he comes back, he knows things. Yeah. I just assumed it was that way. That book is so scary. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, oh, and that movie. Oh, I love that so much. All right. <laughs> Zelda. Okay. So, yes. <laughs> Kevin McCarthy, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. he plays uh, Mitch, Mitch's dad, uh, Peter DeLuise's De dad. Uh, again, interesting side note looking nothing like he would be his father, but that's okay. But apparently, his <laughs> real father doesn't look anything like him either. So, he is uh, the drunken town judge. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Is that what you guys took? Okay. That sums it up. And, and of course, for you guys, what do you know him best from? There's pretty much two things that immediately come to mind. Well, in, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Mm-hmm. I mean, wait, he was in that? I'm just kidding. Yeah. Both of them, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Seven, 78 and the original. Yeah. Yes. And uh, is any? there's one thing that I always think. Uh, it's funny. I actually, I know 
that he's in Invasion of the Body Snatchers and that always comes to mind. But for some reason, a split second before that, there's another movie that I always think of, of him with him. What? Piranha, The Howling, Inner Space. Inner Space. UHF. Okay. Not UHF. <laughs> he was in that. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Twilight Zone, the movie. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yep, he was yep. in the uh, the the scene the the Joe Dante directed one, the one with yes. um. Oh, I can't see. It's a beautiful life, or yeah, the one where the kid it was the one it's that a good life. it's a good life. Yeah, the kid wishes whatever he wishes, and um, why in my brain don't say it? I can't believe I'm forgetting her name. Oh my god, I'm gonna. This is gonna, I'm changing the title, Peter, for real. Old guys who can't remember crap podcast. Yeah, well, you've alluded to that in the past too, but you never do change it, do you? I know. Because I forget. As soon as we stop, I forget. Yeah. (laughs) What is the name of the actress in that, Doug? You just talked about it, and I. Kathleen Quinlan. Yes, I knew it started with a. That's the worst part. I always think in my head, I'm like, K. It starts with a K. What is it, K? No, Kathleen Quinlan. You're right. Yeah. So, yeah, he's in that too. Hmm. Uh, And then, of course, Cindy Morgan, the actress who I was completely wrong about, Uh, (laughs) Dick Van Patten. Is in yes. this yes. A, a staple, a ubiquitous element of eighties, you know, late seventies and into the eighties television. Yeah, um, and of course, eight is enough was like immediately the thing that I always think of with him. Anything else for you guys? Spaceballs. Yeah. Oh, Spaceballs. that's right. I forgot he was yep. in that. High, hey, high anxiety. That's good. a good one. I haven't seen that in a long time. High anxiety. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I've seen it, but I haven't seen it in a very long time. Uh, it's been a it's been a while. I think it was in college last time I watched that. Oh wow, yeah. that long? Yeah. Whoa, whoa. All right. So it wasn't <laughs> that long ago. All right. <laughs> so so then we have people like Kurtwood Smith, who mm-hmm. plays like Captain Warren Jensen. Is it, in, did anybody else do? Were anybody else just praying? He just under his breath mumbled, "Dumbass" to somebody because I was so I was wish I was hoping. Dumbass. <laughs> I was waiting. I was like, ah, I realize it's eighty five, and they were you know way more careful about letting stuff like that go. But uh, I, I'm still way afraid of him from RoboCop. He oh, terrified yeah, that's me. right. Yeah. He was great. He's he's terrifying as Red too. He's terrifying in anything. Yeah, yeah, well, the, the first episode of that '70s show, I was like, "Look out, Topher! Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what he's capable of." Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's he is fantastic. Anyway, again, one of those guys who probably he's like probably the, the inverse of Levar Burton. He seems terrifying, yes. but in real life, he's probably the sweetest guy. <laughs> yes, probably. All right, oh, you skipped Sheila Larkin. Oh, how could I? Uh, if except I have no idea who that is. That's Scully's mom. Who? Scully's mom. Oh well, in my defense, I haven't watched X Files since. Oh, I don't know when did it go off the air. <laughs> Actually, no. Even more in my defense, when was the when did they get rid of Mulder? Because pretty much when it became the Robert Patrick and uh, the girl from uh, uh, hiding out. Annabeth Gish, right? And who took over for Scully? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind, yeah. I kind of started. I started petering out a little bit there. You also miss Macaulay Culkin. What? Uh, supposedly, yeah, he's yeah, he supposedly in this movie. Did yeah. you see him, Jesse? No, I read about it. I didn't go back and look for him. Well, I didn't even read about it. Where, is he listed no, in IMDb? Yeah, he's he's a uncredited Halloween kid. And oh. I, I actually no, I specifically wanted to see him this time around, but I... But, I well, he could have been wearing a mask. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Well, that's... You know who it is, Doug? A, I know I don't. It says... Uh, uh, Wikipedia says he's one of the trick-or-treaters. Yeah. Well, that and, narrows it down. 
Yeah, in a I, Halloween I didn't movie. pay attention to any of them. <laughs> Halloween, yeah. yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. I want to also stress. Oh, actually, before we go into that, I do want to mention Jack Bender, who directed it. Mm-hmm. That name jumped out. At first, I was thinking Jack Shoulder. Yeah. Who did The Hidden and Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and uh, just a bunch of other, you know, not all perfect movies, but some decent stuff. And Jack Bender is not him first, but there was once, once I, as soon as I looked him up, I was like, oh, that's why I know the name so well. What did you guys know him from, if anything? Browsing Wikipedia this afternoon? And that, I've never heard and, of him. And again, Jesse, lo- what I love about you, your honesty. Thank you. <laughs> well, he, he uh, directed Child's Play 3, didn't he? Yes, he did do that, but that wasn't what I was thinking of. I, 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 he's done a lot of TV stuff, so... Okay. He did one called A Real Naked Lady, which sounds very interesting. <laughs> I, really say, I thought he did A Real Naked Lady 2, oh. Electric Boogaloo. I thought, I thought that was the one he did. Uh, no, uh, no, uh, Lost. Anybody else? Lost fans? Lost, please. Come on, somebody. Throw me a bone. Well, here. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But as I said, he did a lot of TV stuff. So I lost yeah. If I'm not mistaken, he's the guy, though, that did a huge amount of Lost episodes. He did 30-something, 40-something. I mean, he did... A lot. Of yeah, he well, did yeah. three episodes of 90210, which well, I'm there, currently in the middle of. You're rewatching that? Yes, I am. So have you actually been, <laughs> have you seen a therapist about the whole masochism thing? Or is, <laughs> is it just. <laughs> I can't explain Stop it. With the masochism thing, Joel. We, you, you made us watch munchies. Oh, you know what? There ain't nothing wrong with munchies. <laughs> except everything that's wrong with munchies. I love well, that movie. Nope. It's so horrible. Not, don't right. spoil anything. People uh, will listen. Yeah. Well, to be fair, by the time this goes out, Munchies will have gone out. And they yes. probably will have stopped listening. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Good news, no. guys. We can say whatever we want. Nobody's really listening right now. Um, yeah, we covered Munchies. We did it. All right. Yeah, nope. no, no. the main thing I remember Jack Bender from was Lost. That was the big thing. Well, yeah. All right, let's see. So well, and so that was all the behind-the-scenes stuff. That was all... I have to, I have to mention one because I didn't uh, realize this. And I... Uh, it kind of uh, goes back to an infamous. All the uh, Culkin brothers. No, oh. <laughs> uh, the guy who plays the the, the big murderer, Vernon Nestor. Yeah, you mean, you mean, you yeah. mean uh, speaking of Pet Cemetery, because that's who he reminded me of is the son in that flashback. You know what I'm talking about? The older yeah, son yeah. that comes. Yeah, God, it's yeah. creepy. But what I found out, do you know what he played? No. Go back to '78 around Christmas time. Halloween. <laughs> No, he played in the infamous Star Wars holiday special. He played Chewie's oh. wife. He played. He played. <laughs> wait, Chewie's wife. Wait, no, no, wait, wait, stop, stop. Wait, hold on, mm, hold on. Beep, beep, beep. You said Chewie's wife. Yes. <laughs> so not Chewie. No. Oh man, do you? I always feel like at that moment would that be the moment when you'd actually contact IMDb and go, "Look, guys, seriously, can we yes. please?" For two reasons, I need that to be struck from my filmography. <laughs> no, I thought it was pretty cool to say, holy shit, he was in that one? He was Chewie's... He was the Chewie's wife, Mala. <laughs> of course he was. <laughs> yes. Of course he was. Because you couldn't... Hey, how I, many of... Uh, I don't even know where to go with actually, that. <laughs> have you actually seen it, the Star Wars Holiday Special? I've seen clips. No. I've never, I've never been able to actually just stomach sitting through it. Yeah, I, I couldn't make it all the yeah. way through. Wow, so I'm the only one? So speaking yep. of masochism... Yes, Peter. You, yes, you were, you were the only uh, one. Yeah, 
That's the only time I've seen it, actually. <laughs> there you go. The fact that you've only been able to stomach it once tells me everything I need to know. Wow. Right. Kind of want to get a hold of it, but it's not easy to find. I, well, I thought it was on YouTube. Yeah, uh, but if you allegedly. want to tape of it, so that's... Oh, well, you just get a download. You just get an, a, yeah, an know, app to download it, and it's really it's easy. But this one, you kind, <laughs> of want to, you kind of want the original for this one because that's... Uh, no, I really don't, so, actually. <laughs> no, just so you can drive your car over it. Okay, okay I get you. Okay. So what you're saying is you, you want to actually try to get all of the originals and destroy them, is what you're saying? Oh, basically, okay, yeah. Okay. It, it was bad. Well, we didn't. We only mentioned him very briefly, but Wolfman Jack mm-hmm. is in this movie. And, of course, he was the famous radio DJ voice. The thing I knew him from originally was American Graffiti. So, but he actually was, I guess, a very well-known DJ back in the day. Now, I believe they, actually, they, they play the, the the tribute song to him in the movie too. Yes, they Crap do. The Wolfman, yeah. Well, and and I did. I wrote this down. So that's the other thing that really jumped out at me about this movie. Besides the fact that it's actually got some creepy images like it's not a scary movie at all. But there's imagery when the werewolf is crawling through the uh, the, the barber, office, or it was a dentist office or a barber shop. Yeah, it was the dad, you know, Phil's dad. Was oh, no, the no, 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 I'm not talking about that scene, though. That was creepy as well. No, when the when the guy is there with the dogs outside the barbershop and, uh, and that shot of him like low to the ground, he's just crawling at him. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my. I, I just kept turning my off and going, thank yeah. you, Doug. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but, but the whole attack scene uh, the, uh, when he attacks the guy. Oh, is I kind know. Of brutal. Brutal. I mean, he's, he's throwing him around like he's actually chewing into him. Yeah. Yeah. The whole tone Stuff of this that. thing is like. Shockingly, shockingly yes, brutal. It is dark. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm not complaining. I mean, I was surprised. I figured it was no, going to no. be camp. You know, I thought it was going to be this campy, goofy thing. And I'm like, wow, they're playing the horror pretty straight. So when they don't <clears> play it straight, so like the zombies and the party thing, yeah, yeah. It gets your little person. <laughs> yeah, I know. Where'd he come from? Oh, it must be another high school. You mean junior high? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although the makeup <laughs> effects were fantastic. Sure. They were mm-hmm. great. Yeah. So I wrote down. Yeah, all... and, Mark, yeah right. and the guy who comes in, uh, played by uh, Mark Blankfield. Oh yeah, he was. He looked great. The popcorn guy. Yeah, yeah. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, the, I love that guy. Uh, the two, the two zombies making out on the couch. Yeah. The dust, yeah. the yeah. dust off her back. That was great. That that's him. That was great. So I wrote down the list of songs that jumped mm-hmm. out at me. They play the Midnight Hour, and these are all ri- the only one song that was Why not. Why you write it out? It's on. It's well, on IMDb. Not... Oh, because I was taking notes, Peter. Oh, oh some of us oh. do our homework for this show. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, I'm so full of it. All right, so Little Red Riding Hood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, yeah. Yep, Bad Moon Rising by Credence. Yep, I, yep. Love, I love them. All right, song. Uh, I, 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 I loved that uh, you guys brought that up for Twilight Zone, Doug. Yeah. The, the, you actually liked that, right? The Midnight Special being at the beginning and the end? Yeah, I, I, I did. And um, Gamma the didn't. other guys didn't. And I can't because it's, you know, it's, it's almost like Stephen King always quotes sure. uh, uh, songs sure. in his books. Yes. Yeah. Just kind of suggesting there's a darker thread underneath our existence that we don't always see. Yes. And I think that's what they were doing with Midnight Special. And I, yeah, it, I love they're that. doing that a little more overtly here with clearly spooky songs sure and i and i love that so uh jesse do you have a, a credence preference or or displeasure do you are you a, a credence lover hater don't care 
I, I couldn't name a song if you made Suzy me. Susie Q? Nope. Born in the Bayou. Run Through the Jungle. Nope. Better run through the jungle. Nope. You do, what? 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 <laughs> Sorry. Are you serious? I'm, yeah. I'm dying a little it's, inside it's right credence. now. I'm, I'm sorry. Looking out my back door, do, born do, on the bayou. Do, looking out my back door. No, nothing? <laughs> I'm, I'm not selling it at all. What about uh, <laughs> Green River? Susie Q, really? You don't know Susie Q? Mm-mm. Proud Mary? You got to know Proud Mary because of Tina Turner. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, this, my heart is dying. Okay. I'm sorry. I, mean, that are, I would say I'm feeling old, but that's not really my music. It's my dad's music. But uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, the Smiths. Well, I, I, I love this uh, the soundtrack and the score to this guy. I grew up with these. Uh, uh, that's aging me, but I, again, it's my dad listening to it. Sure. So, uh, well, and and I want to get to that because it's something I have heard Doug bring up before, and I think this movie totally is guilty of it. But we'll get to that. Uh, uh, Mama told me this Three Dog Night song. Yes. Mama uh, told me not to come. Yep. And uh, the what, what is that song by the Smiths called? What is that? What's the actual? How type? soon is now? Oh, that one you know. Yes. That one you know. Yeah. It's the Smiths. Uh, yeah, we know who Jesse hung out with in high school. Yeah, the all the emo <laughs> kids watching Encino Man. Yeah, yeah. watching Encino Man. Yeah. Well, this, <laughs> well, between, between their between their runs of The Smith and the Cure, they'd watch a <laughs> a double feature of Encino Man and Son in Law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, that's pretty accurate. It's yeah. sadly accurate. <laughs> did you did you end it all up with a chaser of biodome? Is that what, is that how we finished it off, Jesse? Oh, it, have you been spying on me? Yeah. Yes. What was it? What was what was that horrible war when he did? Oh, was that one the uh, oh. in the army now? Oh, in the I was it? Yeah, in the army now. Oh, I saw that in the theater. I oh. saw that in the theater. Ouch. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sea of Love, which was not the – I found that interesting. Now, I think they did that so that Sandy could be – actually, what I actually kind of loved where she points out that's not the original. What is that, a remake? Yes. <laughs> She's like, that's, they're missing all the good parts. I was like, actually, that's a really timely joke right there. I realize in 85 yep. it probably really wasn't, but for nowadays it's actually a really good yes. little thing there. Um, uh, the Devil yeah, or Angel. It, it, actually fits, it actually fits now. I mean, when when you hear a song on the the radio and yeah. people think, "Oh, have you heard that one?" Yeah, yeah but I did. see, about if I was making this movie years, now, no. if I was making this movie now, I would have that moment there just so yeah. I would be making a jab at movie remakes. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a musical piece. Right. Yeah, but also movie people uh, the, the music now is is basically uh, rehashed or well, not rehashed. I don't mean it in a bad way, but. When I tell my kids, oh, there's a new song out, and I say, yeah, I've heard it before. Oh, can you have heard it before? It's new. No, it's not. <laughs> I heard it when I was a kid, they, and they look at me like I'm old and crickety with a cane. <laughs> but, but it, it, I mean, it's it's kind of timely today, too. She makes that uh, remark, and you could do it today as well. Sure. Oh, sure. Because they make everything. Damn it. <laughs> In my in my day, uh, yeah. so, <laughs> we had original ideas. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, no, 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 you didn't. So, Devil or Angel? That was, I know that was mm-hmm. that was another song. And then, Baby, I'm Yours, which I will say, I loved how they used that because mm-hmm. that yeah. moment in the movie, it was. And I can't believe I'm saying this about a 1985 ABC TV movie. And I realize, <laughs> but I found it to be both poignant and haunting. <laughs> I actually did. I liked it. I lo- I liked. I'm not saying it got dusty in the room or anything crazy. Okay, I'm just saying I liked the use of it. I thought it was good. Yes. I love that Jesse doesn't say it. He just laughs at me. <laughs> just the word poignant. Poignant. 
and yeah. and haunting. <laughs> what was the song uh, in the dance sequence? Uh, so, I'm dead. Yeah, dead. I'm dead. Dead, get dead, something like that. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I, I, kept, I literally took like the third, like the third time of the chorus or whatever. I was like, "What is she saying?" Yeah, I'm dead. Get dead. Yes, yes. It rhymes with yeah. Fred. I don't know. I don't know what she would say. <laughs> that that apparently is an original one. It's credited to Sherry Belafonte. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yep. So we have her to thank. Yeah, the down point. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Jesse. Who else Sorry. did you hear? There's one other name that we'd be beyond remiss if we didn't mention it. Uh, Brad Fidel or Fidel, I don't know how you pronounce it, was yeah, credited yeah, he, as doing the score. score. Now, yeah. uh, Doug or Jesse, does that name ring a bell to either of you? No. No. Okay, hold on. Don't say anything. Peter, I know you You know, right? Yeah, we've okay. been down that. Uh... That trail before? Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you a hint. <clears throat> Ready? Terminator. Oh, yeah. Yes. He is the guy, T, T1 and T2. I don't know if he did yeah. T3 as well. He may have. Uh, and uh, I don't even want to bring T4 Fright didn't night. happen in my world. Yeah. Huh? No, oh, nope. <laughs> no, and he did Fright Night, oh, Blue okay. Steel. Okay. I think though. I think we went down that trail. I think you're right with Blue, Blue, Steel. Blue Steel. Yep. So, yeah, yeah Terminator, uh, then Terminator yes. 2, I just, those scores are, I love the scores for those. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he, but it was interesting to realize, okay, this is obviously in, well, I know it wouldn't be that early because he did Terminator the year before. So, mm-hmm. and, and to me, the score music sounded nothing like Terminator at all. Like there was no cues or anything that made me think, oh, yeah, it's the same. No, nothing. You know, like you hear a Danny mm-hmm. Elfman score, you're like, okay, I know it's Danny Elfman or John Williams right. or similar themes and things. I mean, there's, Things it will recognize. His not not a one, but uh, yeah. Okay, so here, good score though. As as somebody like Jesse and Jesse uh, pipe in at any moment with this as well, I found this movie to be uh, entertaining. Would you agree? Poignant, poignant, haunting. <laughs> I liked I liked the music. I I liked the cars, at least his Lee's until they destroyed it, which ticked me. I, I would have been almost more mad at that than the attempted murder. <clears throat> the uh, that was the judge drives into his car. Yeah, the drunk, the drunk judge. Yeah, I'm the thinking. Judge, I'm thinking. Yeah. I just saw the drunk judge hit my car. I got to get out of jail free. Car is what I was thinking. Yeah. So the the makeup effects were fantastic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm not even to say just for a TV movie in general for the time yes. they were fantastic. <clears throat> the uh, the app- goal of the silver wigs. The what? Were the silver wigs. <laughs> oh. oh. I said, I thought you said the gull of the silver wigs. I was like, what is it? Some kind of weird secret society that I was, what, what is the gull of the silver wigs? I, I started to say gold. I don't know my colors. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. So it, it had a lot. I love the atmosphere. I loved, mm-hmm. I loved the, Definitely. I liked, it did have a good fall feel to it. It was, I like that. Um, it, it was, and it was creepy. And I, there was some imagery in this. Seriously, if you have young kids, you know, do, they're your kids. Do whatever you want to screw them up. I'm just saying, <laughs> for me, I did not want to have my kids coming into my room at two o'clock in the morning. Daddy, why? <laughs> and that's how it would have happened. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I do it less for their psychological well-being and more for my selfish need to sleep. So, um, yeah, I would highly advise <laughs> Previewing this movie, if you have sensitive children that will have nightmares. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just when they when they're driving through town, Sandy and Phil. Oh yeah, oh, man. That's, seriously, that's a surreal. No, hell. dude. When, yes. When they get back to the house and they're all up on the stairs like that, isn't that the scene? Oh, right? yeah. And they just they turn around the corner. What isn't that what happens? They come around the corner. Yeah, and they're uh, yeah. And, they look at through the house. Well, th- well, they go to one room and yes. say it's empty, and then they 
come out into the hallway and they're all, all on the, the stairway. Yeah, just staring yes. at them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which implies that they were sitting there in wait. I know. Which, oh. which adds yeah. to, you know, that these people were stalking you <laughs> and you didn't know it. Oh, that just gives me the what, heebie-jeebies. You're looking at the clock. When are they coming? Yeah. 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 Oh, it's just oh, there creepy. they are. That's just Scare creepy. them. Yeah, so right. the, the vampire attack, uh, Doug, yeah. thank you, and I will disagree with you. Actually, for me, it was brutal. I was wondering as I watched that, I was like, I wonder if Joel is thinking about me right now. <laughs> I but, totally uh, was. I totally was. I was like, I, I, I turned to my wife. I said, thank you, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? To me, that is very similar to Fright Night, I think, with that Smith's music, as you're talking about. in yes. the Fri- Was Fright Night 85 yep, as well? Yep, yep, yep. So you have that guitar, and then uh, with that scene I'm talking about where Sherry Belafonte is before she turns uh, Dee Dee Pfeiffer, that reminds me of Amy. The the scene in Fright Night that really bothered me was when Amy was crying, and then the camera turns around, and her mouth is just that. Oh, I know. And and now I can see it's a big— Yeah, I can tell it's a big rubber appliance now. But as a kid, I was like, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. And that's very close to that. So uh, and as Peter said, when they're going through town, when they're going through town, some people are antagonistic and others are just mindless. You know, the milk guys just pouring milk Mm -hmm. out. And and so it's, you know, you almost mad, you know, being killed is one thing. Being driven mad is another type of fear. And you have both of those in this. It's really disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. The the guys, the opera singer just standing there. Yeah. Singing, uh, having that. And yeah. As the town burns around them. Yeah. The Civil War guys are just still fighting the war. Yeah. And to be to your point about Fright Night, it also reminds me of the disco tech scene where Jerry Dandridge and yes. Amy and he's, you know, wooing mm-hmm. her and then, you know, and Charlie's watching and that whole thing. So it had that same creep vibe. And yeah, it was yeah, it was disturbing. Now I will say to Jesse's earlier point, it did throw me a bit that the grandmother was a vampire because I thought she was a witch yeah. and they never mentioned <laughs> her being a vampire and I just sort yeah, of went with it. There's yeah, there's no mention of it at all. So yeah, you, she's a, she apparently turned vampire all while she was sleeping. Got it. Apparently, got it. As, no as Jesse said, you just have to accept that there are there <laughs> yes. vampire zombie witches, sure, yeah. all of them. But sure. uh, when, when they start, when when uh, uh, Belafonte and uh, Pfeiffer start turning all the guys at the, uh, that's also like Fright Night, kind yes. of like the dance scene where you know she Lucinda says things sure have changed, and then they say, well, some things didn't change, and they just start turning. You know, they Everybody, go from yeah. guy to guy. Yeah turning i mean that's a freaky you know because uh, again you've got that it, it's not just bloodlust heat of the moment it is premeditated i'm going to sure curse you sure. and it's just a terrible thought to me and it was it was very creepy it was very uh, atmospheric like i said but the other thing that jumped out at me about this movie is how cinematic it looked mm-hmm. like i would have believed this played at a theater and then was just put out on tv because it didn't have that a lot of TV movies, not all, because they were shot on film back then, but just the look of it, to me, felt very, you know, moments especially, just very cinematic. Did anybody else pick up on that? No, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. All yep. the way. Especially the opening. Yeah. Yeah, just a lot, a lot of it. Just, uh, you know, it was the camera work. Yeah, the, yeah, the opening uh, the opening scene, now you mentioned Jesse, where he the, the paper boys going around town, uh, setting mm-hmm. things up, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's... Uh, 
it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the movie. So it's an important scene, and it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I, I can uh, I can understand that five minutes in, you're hooked up to the movie. So uh, starts out on Elm Street. I, I caught that. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering, do you think that was on purpose? Yeah. Because, I mean, it's a year after it came out, but would it have been a big... Because Elm Street, to me, that series, while the first one was successful, it became a bona fide mainstream event or, or cultural touchstone, probably by two going into three. Yeah. More than There's one. There's an Elm Street in, in every town. There, there is. Yeah. There yeah. is. So, but, but I think it, 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 it was intentional. Yeah. It must have been. And just, yeah, yeah, and just so we, just so we know, I am going to be dedicating this and uh, the entire Spooky Flicks Fest episodes to Mr. Craven. But continue. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and then there was also Maple Street, which I thought was a callback to the monsters are due on oh, Maple. Street. Good oh, good point. I completely yeah. didn't think about that. That's a nice catch, Doug. And uh, and the paper boy was wearing the uh, skull mask from Halloween Three. You, you didn't look like that. Yes. I, yes, I'm pretty sure it was it. Yeah. I I got some pictures out and compared them. I'm pretty sure it was it. It looks similar. My thought was, after I saw this, even though I never saw it as a kid, and I wish I had, because like you, Doug, I would have gone nuts for this movie. Yes. This would have been, I would have easily watched it this time and said, I don't care if it's C&D, you guys can go jump in a lake, this movie's awesome. But mm. that being said, I A, cannot wait till my kids are just a smidgen older because I can't wait to watch it with them. <laughs> but <laughs> but B, this one I could totally see, because Halloween is one of those times that, first of all, the movies that I would want to watch around Halloween, I can't watch for the obvious reasons around with my kids, uh, but there's not a lot, and there's a few like Monster House. There's a couple. Boogity. Well, yeah. Well, even the, I might Max would be alright with it, but the other one, they would as soon as they saw him. No, that'd be dead. Uh, you Daddy! have to start them off small. You have to start them off young. We tried doing uh-huh. the Legend of Sleepy Hollow Disney cartoon. Oh, last year, and I kind of forgot <laughs> how re- <laughs> how real stuff gets. In that in that little short, yeah, that didn't go over real well. Let's just put it that way. We have we Scooby Doo, yeah, back to Scooby. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, yeah, we. Uh, so anyway, I'm really looking forward to that. But I I could see watching this every year. Just Scrooge. Scrooge is one of those Christmas movies I watch every year for whatever reason. <clears throat> and this and Die Hard. And this would be one of those movies to me. This would be this fun little movie to revisit uh, over and over again. And I will also say. Is it me or is this the only movie where the characters were smart enough when they made when they went to go make the quote unquote silver bullets? They did not waste a bunch of time in shop. I love Monster Squad. okay, but the idea that you have a mold so you can actually fashion real silver bullets anywhere is ridiculous. But they they just did a little coating. They milled milled out a little silver, dipped the bullet in. It's like, that's brilliant. That's all you need. I thought that was pretty good, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. I just jumped out of him. I'm like, I think this is the first horror movie where I've ever seen them just dip the bullet into melted silver. Now, I don't know if that affects – I know very obviously not much about guns because I don't know if adding that layer of metal to a bullet could screw up how it would fire out the gun. I have no idea. That would be you know a good question to somebody. Oh, Who knows? Yeah. Would the silver actually be still be on the bullet when it uh, – Yeah, yeah. I, would so. I would say so. I'm not sure. I would think it would. I don't think it would melt off. Yeah, yeah. Nah, it would probably work. Yeah, I mean, finding out when while you're shooting at werewolves probably is not the good time to yes. find out. Oops, shit, this didn't work. But uh. <laughs> all right. So, any any final words on the midnight hour, guys and gal, before we wrap this bad boy up? 
certainly deserves a watch at Halloween time. That's uh, yeah. not perfect, but I mean, if you look at the actors, they were trying so hard uh, sure. to make something out of almost nothing. And you just got it. I can't help but just smile just from the enthusiasm of the actors alone. Well, and you said it yourself. You called it earnest. It is a very earnest yeah. sort of sort of movie. Yeah. So, Je- Jesse, what were you going to say? No, yeah, it's a fun movie. It's worth watching. Yeah. Should be watched every Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or Peter's coming to your house. <laughs> With a copy and force you to watch it. <laughs> yeah, force you. And he'll make you watch the Star Wars Christmas special for no good reason, just your punishment. Yeah, but yeah, well, I'm not going to be around for, for that because I don't want to I don't want to watch it again. I might want <laughs> Make others watch it just to feel like we all did when we saw it. Got it. Got cool. it. Your your sadistic streak. Well, yeah, I have kids. <clears throat> so, Doug, mm-hmm. would you like to tell the good folks where they can find you and your awesome podcast? Yeah, all of my uh, podcasts. You know, we run uh, a couple '80s anthologies, Never Seen It, and uh, Crazy Creepy Cool Movies. They're all at McCoyCast.wordpress.com. I was too cheap to buy the domain uh, because I wasn't <laughs> sure, you know, it would succeed. And then I just got too lazy and cheap to care. But uh, you can find them all there on iTunes as well, Stitcher. Uh, you can subscribe to an individual podcast or lots of people just subscribe to the general McCoy cast feed and they get everything that I put out there. So love to spend some time with you. Cool. Yeah, his I can vouch. His shows are great. He's got great co-hosts that come on with him. Uh, and and crazy creepy cool movies is uh, is a wonderful trip down memory lane so uh, i definitely vouch for him jesse yep i i don't know i just want to randomly do you have anything you want to plug pitch mm, I, I i would not advise watching 90210 past shannon doherty <laughs> i i thought i could quit you did, but, did did she? Did, I thought I could quit you. Did she? Did she leave the show? I don't recall. She was on for four seasons, okay. and I thought, oh, of course. I mean, I, I'm not going to watch it past that. And I'm on season nine. Oh, that's bad. It's really bad. I was binge watching Community A because it's awesome, and B because I've never seen it. I don't. I really, truly don't know. I I don't know that I could do what you're doing right now. You have my respect, and. A bit of, I don't know. I'm, I'm pity. A pity. Yeah, that's another word. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's something. So, any, anything else um, other than that uh, word of warning? Mm, no, no, that's it. Okay, okay. I hope I can make it through. I do too. I do too. Uh, Peter, I know yeah. where they can find you, but where do you know they can find you? Well, right now, I'm in my closet. Okay. As, okay. You want to give out your address? So. Uh, yeah. You have to come to turn left when you cross the the, the ocean, and that no. So so they can find you at Forgotten Flicks. Yeah, but ForgottenFlicks dot com is uh, is the place to see some of my stuff. Okay. And yeah, well, again, as I said many many a time, if it wasn't for you. <laughs> <laughs> there, w- there wouldn't be a whole lot of content on ForgottenFlix.com other than the podcast. So thank you, Peter. You are very welcome. Yes, yes. So any any final I word? Slipped, what, what's slipped, that, Peter? I slipped, I slipped into my Dracula. I, I, I caught that. Uh, good. <laughs> it wasn't intentional. Sorry. I, I know. You're tired. It's like 4 <laughs> o'clock in the morning there. So what uh, – any, anybody have a final word? 
Anybody got a final word on uh, the midnight hour? It's that old black magic. For even more spooky flicks fest fun, please visit ForgottenFlicks.com and subscribe in iTunes. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod for the use of his music through a Creative Commons license. And a very special thanks to all of our guests. If you'd like to learn more about them, please go to the show notes for this episode at ForgottenFlicks.com forward slash Midnight Hour. And be sure to have a safe and happy Halloween. Ha 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 